The Buyback Podcast takes place in a bar. If you aren't old enough to be in the bar, you're probably not old enough to be listening to the content in this podcast. For the rest of you degenerates, pour yourself a drink, sit back, and let's get this party started. The Buyback. Yeah, baby! Oh, man. This episode of The Buyback takes place outside of a bar. You're going to hear people going by, cars going by, and trains going by. If this is not for you, I hope we can still be friends. That being said, during this episode, we asked Carol Ann about a ghost story from Jack's fire department, and something really strange happens with the audio. I'm not saying it's a ghost, but it could be a ghost. I can't explain what happens, but maybe you can. So give it a listen and let us know what you think. How are you? I'm John. That's the how are you we're going to get? It's always, how are you? It's fucking hot out. I'm John. And I'm Alex. Welcome to the buyback. Well, you'll learn the industry from the best. Of the best. Of the best. We're talking about our guest. Oh, God, it's so hot. We're talking about our guest, not us. Um, uh, wait, no, hold on. It's, we're talking about our guest, Carol Ann, not us. Oh, we do that now? Okay. Oh, let's start no, let's do, do we not? We never do. I uh, like that, though. I actually really like yeah. that. How are you? Uh, oh, we're well, starting over. Uh, okay. No, well, I like I like the fuck up. So let me know. I like the fuck okay. up. So here we go. I'm John. No. <laughs> Let's go with this. Uh, welcome to the buyback. Well, you'll learn the industry from the best of the best of the best. We're talking about our guest, Carol Ann, not us. Just stumble over the word we're talking about. I don't know what I was doing. Oh, okay, cool. I was go- I wasn't uh, sure if it was we're talking about Carol Ann, not us, or we're talking about our guest, Carol Ann, not us. Cool. Well, we are talking about Carol Ann uh, tonight. She is bartending from Jack's Fire Department in Sunnyside, Queens. Listen, the way we do these interviews is raw. It's during hours. It's 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 loud. Sometimes people interrupt. And if that's not your cup of tea, then you should start drinking coffee. <laughs> okay, that's fine. All right, Carol Ann, can you tell us a little bit about the bar? Uh, Jack's. Fire Department. It's a very neighborhood bar in Sunnyside, located on the corner of 40th Street and Skillman Avenue. And from what I understand, understand, it has always been a bar, probably for the past 60 to 70 years. And previous to it being a bar, it was a watering station for horses way back in the late 1800s. But um, we have a nice indoor space. We have an outdoor covered patio. Thank you. You're very welcome. What's your biggest pet peeve that customers do? That customers do. Hmm. Um, okay. When you come up to the bar, very excited to get my attention to order a drink, and then you have no idea what you're going to have. <laughs> oh, yes. Then you answer me with, um, and then I immediately turn into Judge Judy, and I'm like, um is not an answer. Like, what are you having? It's busy. Like, could you just tell me? Like, and there's people like, can you get me this? Can you get me that? And I'm just standing there looking at you because you just got it on the tip of your tongue, and you have no idea. Or when they ask me, like, well, I don't know what I want. Make me something. Like, and they always do that when you're super busy. And you just like just want to say, just can pick something, and you gotta stay polite. And you don't. So you, if somebody asks you, make me something. Do you, do you, what do you do? Do you give them something, or do you say? Um, I, my next question will be, well, what do you like? Because I'm not gonna just hand somebody something with tequila or rum and then have them turn around and go, well, I don't like that, or I don't like that. Because the last thing I want to do is use the time and effort to make the drink, only to throw it into right. the garbage. So I'll ask them, do you like sweet? Do you like sour? Are you a beer drinker? Are you this? Are you that? And then I go from there. So you actually like, put in effort. I but do. And then, you know, sometimes they're, 
hemorrhoid on your ass. Like, just make me whatever. Just make me whatever. And I just what if I it. said, okay, so like, what if I said, like, I like gin and I like sour things. What do you make? Gin sour. Uh, probably something with lemonade to go easy and it's oh, summery. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. Or my go-to on rum is, a, like you said, one of my favorite drinks is a drink that I make called Vacation. And it's basically three kinds of rum, pineapple juice, blue curacao, and a splash of sour mix. So it's really pretty in the glass. It's easy on the tongue. It doesn't taste, although there's all that booze in it, it doesn't taste very boozy. Like, not like the suntan lotion that we drank in the Malibu before, <laughs> but it's mixed with like 151, spiced rum, mostly coconut rum, the blue, and the, the pineapple. It gives it like the green-blue color of the ocean. Not so blue-blue from the curacao, but the pineapple yeah. kind of makes it more like a green watery mix. And then I put a nice little orange and cherry mix at the center eyes and I call it a day. A little fancy straw. Love it. And that's I, it. Yeah. It looks, it looks so professional, but it's, it's so something. easy. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. Unless you're into that. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about your bar history and how you got into bartending and, and your progression through the bars mm. as you've worked? Yes. Yes, I can. Um, bartending was an absolute accident. Um, I started late in life. I've been bartending. I'm going on my 21st year starting. Oh, with, you're legal. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> something like that. Um, I started working at Mary McGuire's in Astoria, which the former name of that bar was called Chauncey's 2. Chauncey's 1 was out in Long Island, if anybody was familiar. I know you guys are a little younger than me, but there was an indoor-outdoor bar there owned by a fireman and a carpenter, and they branched out into Astoria and wow. opened Chauncey's 2, which I drank at when I was underage, but I didn't start working there until it was Mary McGuire's. Same owners, different name. I think I read that Bible story, a fireman and a carpenter. Neither one's name was Jesus. <laughs> it was George and George Pyle and Kenny McGuire. Kenny McGuire just passed this January. God bless Kenny. But uh, yeah, they gave me my first shot, and I didn't seek them out. A girl that worked there that I went to high school with had been working there for ten years. Now, before I started attending bar, I was an administrative assistant in the garment center, and I was doing that for about ten years. I actually started doing that at sixteen while I was in high school because I ended up working. For my mom, when she was on vacation, I did like a Gal Friday thing because of my typing experience. And then when I got out of high school, I went to business school and I took shorthand and computers and all that nonsense. And I was typing 120 words a minute, taking shorthand 120 words a minute. Um, ideally, I was supposed to go work in the Wall Street area, but it didn't pan out. I was like looking for jobs and whatnot, and I ended up in the garden for 10. Anyway. Back to how I got into bartending. So during my duration of working in the garment center, somewhere around the March that I started attending bar, which was that July, which was four months later, I had unceremoniously quit my job at the age of 27 years old. I got into a fight with my boss because I didn't know if I was off on President's Day Monday. On a Friday, we got into it and I quit. So, you know, seat in my pants kind of thing. I was. <laughs> Sticking around for about three months, interviewing, didn't find exactly what I wanted. My girlfriend that worked at the bar called me up one day and said, hey, CA, you still not working? I said, no, I didn't find anything yet. And she said, um, want come bartend? I said, Danny, you're out of your mind. I said, I don't know how to bartend. She's like, come on, Kat, it's not that hard. She's like, we, we go to bars all the time. She's like, how do you pour a beer? You don't get any foam. You tip the glass, you pour the beer. Jack and Coke, get a glass, fill it with ice, throw it away Jack Daniels, Coca-Cola, stick straw in it. You're done, I'm like Dana. I, I have no idea how to tend bar. She's like, CA, I'm gonna level with you. She's like, I don't need a bartender per se. She said, you will learn that later. But I know you a long time, and I've been out with you at bars, and guys say shit to you, and you are like this. I need that. 
I will teach you bartending later. <laughs> anyway, with her co coaxing, a couple days later, I came down to train on a Thursday for like two hours. It's like wear a tan skirt, white shirt. I made 88 bucks in two hours, and that was the beginning of the end. I trained again on the Friday. I was supposed to train with this Irish girl, Joanne. I'm going to leave her last name out because she's still working at Astoria. But she was very hungover and literally laying at the end of the bar like this. Yeah. I asked her for no assistance. And at the end of my little duration of my two hours, she said, oh, you did you did swell. Where'd you work before this? I said, I trained two hours yesterday. She's like, ah, you're fucking lying. She's like, where'd you work before this? I said, Joanne, I trained two hours yesterday. She's like, you work on Saturdays? You're going to do fucking brilliant. <laughs> and then I worked and I was given Monday and Tuesday, got a steady Saturday night. And the next thing you know, I was up to a good solid four days. You know, I was working in the upstairs bar doing both um, waitressing and bartending. It was a horse bar. It was one of the first horse bars when they had the OTBs that are now defunct yeah. all in the city. It was O'Neill's and Mary McGuire's. They did a whole big piece on it because Mary McGuire's was the first one to have OTB in it. So yes, I didn't take bets there actually, OTB did, but I was very schooled with my horses, hence when I went to Sissy McGinty's yeah. decade what, later. What's OTB? Off-track betting. Off-track betting. For people that gamble on horses, you know? <laughs> what was it, the Breeders' Cup that just passed this weekend? You know, those guys yeah. that take your money? It was, uh, well, there was a big race this weekend. It was, yes, there uh, was, and I did yeah. not win. I did have vested interest, but I did not win. We go every year. It's the, um, the Belmont. The Breeders' Belmont. The Belmont, yeah. Belmont Stakes. It was an order this year. Last year it was all messed like last one, year was all... One came before another. I think it was like Preakness came before something else, uh, before the, the derby, derby, where they yeah. did the derby. It yeah. was yeah. very ass-backwards last year. But yeah, Mary Maguire's, I spent the first 13 years of my life there, not completely under Mary Maguire's, because five years in, my bosses sold the bar and not the building. And then I worked for that owner. And then when that got sold, I worked for the next owner and the next owner. So it was Mary Maguire's, um, Blackstone it became. Then it was the Slow Horse Saloon, and finally I finished out when it was Raven's Head, and I worked three years when it was Raven's Head over there. So after Raven's Head was Sissy McGinty's. Sissy McGinty's, I spent close to four years there, and then I came over to Jackson, and I'm still I there. I believe we went to Sissy's. While you were there. there. Yeah, it, we must have. You we, had to yeah, have. It, it was, was either me or Mary Higgins. And it was like us and like four other people, and one guy throws up in a corner. Uh -huh. And then we looked at the bartender. Could have been you. At Sissy McGinty. At Sissy's. Yeah. And went. Yeah. And she goes, it happens all the time. I'll get to it. <laughs> that might have been Mary because I, I can honestly say I never had anybody throw up in the corner. Like, Gross. I've had people like projectile in the street but never in the corner yeah. at Sissy's. Yeah, we, were, we were there for one of the horse races, either the Preakness or the Belmont. Not Derby. Not Derby. Not Derby. Did you place any bets with the owner? No, I didn't even know that was in... I didn't know that was an option until right now. This I didn't is know what a whole oh, oh, subculture that I just recently read. Off track yeah. A lot of bars have a book. Somewhere. A book, right? Like, but is, they don't call it that anymore, and it's really on the hush hush. Is it yeah. illegal or is it just hush hush? No, it's illegal. It's illegal. Yeah, it's gambling. It's, it's called bookmaking. Yeah. You know, you, you, racketeering. Have you watched you know? Peaky Blinders? I did. I thought they were Irish until season four. <laughs> They're not Irish. They do it. You're up, questionnaire. All right. Next question. Next question. Did I, did I cover all my bases for all my bars? Yeah, I did. Okay. All right. What is your bar? Uh, we did that. We're just not going to do that one again. <laughs> How many beers in are you? No, kidding. Sorry. I'm kidding. I'm so kidding. <laughs> yeah. What is your most memorable story from working in a bar? Uh, we got a lot of them. Um, Hit us with a couple. Well, yeah. memorable how? Like, 
not grossest one. because grossest is coming up question. next. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. Not a not a gross one. So just most um, like when you're like we look back at all the years beyond the bar, what's like one story that keeps coming up? There are there's like there's like three of them that I can think of. All right, let's all go. Hands. We'll do all three. Yeah. Um, let me see. One was in Legends, and it was just me and this other guy. It was like a, it was Monday or Tuesday. It was a slower night that I was working there. And sometimes when a person comes in, you can't tell how they are until you take a couple of minutes and observe them. So they might come to the bar and order a drink, but you're not sure about their demeanor until you actually see them with said drink sitting down, and then you're just like, oh, what's up with this person? Oh, no. So this gentleman comes in, big Russian guy, orders a Corona, and then proceeds to sit down at the bar, and I'm like watching him, and I'm saying, wow, this guy was definitely somewhere else. He's kind of hammered. He was you know, having troubles with that one corona, and it's just me and he, and I'm not willing to deal with his super drunk ass. You know, if I didn't do it to you, it's not my responsibility, and I don't want to just keep going ahead with that. So anyway, he, he finishes his beer, and I'm assessing, like, what I'm going to do, and then, you know, slightly slurred speech. He says, can I get another corona? I said, actually, no. I said, I think you had a bunch of Coronas. You can come back tomorrow and have a Corona. He's like, you're not going to give me a Corona? I said, no. I said, you're not giving me a Corona. I said, no. I said, you had plenty of Corona somewhere else. I'll give you a Corona tomorrow. <laughs> and at the time, this is how long ago it was, when, when Donald Trump had his show. Oh, the yeah, apprentice. Yep. Yeah. He slammed his hand on the bar, fired me, <laughs> and then walked out of the bar. <laughs> And with that, I ran around the bar, and then I locked the door, because I was by myself. And the next person to come in, because this was like 11 at night, and I was working until 2 a.m., and the next yeah. person to come in was the councilman of Jackson Heights at the time, John Sabini. <laughs> John Sabini's head was like in the window, like, why is the door locked? And then I told him what had happened, because, you know, I didn't know if this note was going to come back. Yeah. John, I, I was fired. Sorry, I left a part out. He fired me, threw down two chairs, and walked down the door. I like, took two Jesus. bar chairs and just flung them over. And walked out the door. And with that, I locked the door. And I was like, all right, that's enough of that. Yeah. I'm going to explain to John Sabini. Look at that. <laughs> so that was, that was in Legends. And I explained to John Sabini. That was, that was in Legends. Um, another funny story. It's a sissy story. I don't know if it was funny, because at the time I was a little hot. But sissies, I worked the day shift. So I started at 8 in the morning, and I finished at 6 at night. And then Mary would come in. And that morning, there was a, a guy with a southern accent. That came in, and while he was there, I like knew him. Like you got to remember, when I started working at Sissy's, I was already doing this for a good 14 years already. So I've seen a lot of faces and a lot of people. And sometimes I might not remember your drink, but I, I'll remember your face, and I'll remember if it's good or bad. Sometimes, not necessarily in which order, but if I've seen you, I know. If I see you again, somehow I know you. This guy came in, and I'm like, I know this guy. Why do I know this guy? He was there, no problems, nothing, polite. Another guy who was a Marine, I forget his name, lived nearby, but came into contact with this guy. They yucked it up. They left. They come back at, like, this is at maybe 11 o'clock in the morning. They come back somewhat shit-faced at 4 o'clock. And the one guy I know, because he lives, like, you know, down the block and up in the apartment building, and he's yucking it up with the other guy. Now, at this time of day, I have a bunch of old-timers in there on this particular day. So there was about at least four or five guys that were somewhere in the late 60, early 70 range that don't have time for this horsing around nonsense. They're there to watch the horses because, of course, Sissy was the horse bar and they're carrying on and acting like yeah. idiots. And I told them about three or four times. And finally, I got a little fed up.
and I came around the bar to now separate them because they were literally forcing around, pushing each other. They were almost falling into the old guys, and you could see that the old guys were getting pissed. So it confused the situation. Not that they were fighting. They were just, you know, jerking each yeah, other off. I yeah. came around like, guys, could you please knock it off? Could you please knock it off? There was a guy, Tommy Culkin, who I know from the neighborhood from growing up in Astoria, who's a retired policeman that happened to be there that day. So when I came around the bar, he stood up. Like, just to kind of like, you got my back. So yeah. when he stood up, the guy that was a Marine stopped looking at me and all of a sudden took offense to Tommy standing up. So he starts screaming at Tommy, yo, bro, what are you standing up for? You want to go? You want to fucking go, bro? You want to go? And I'm like, hey, hey. And I'm like, you know, this guy's maybe a foot and a half taller than me. And I'm just like, hey, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. The Italian in me reached out and you would not believe this I, unless you speak to Tommy because Tommy actually saw it because if I told the story nobody would believe it I was so pissed I grabbed the guy by his nose and started to squeeze so I'm not gonna hurt you John but I'm gonna show you what I did and I'm just like hey hey I'm talking to you with that he to get his attention I literally grabbed him by his face and started to scream in his face and yell and squeeze and I sat him down in a chair by his nose and it was kind of like hey never mind him I'm talking to you, me, sit the fuck down. I started screaming and literally he crossed his eyes and sat down in the chair and then it all came back to me why I disliked the other guy and I'm like, and you, you had the fight in Aaron McGuire's five years ago. I knew I didn't fucking like you when I saw you, fucking prick, you get out too. I would never have believed I, just, I did I it and nobody would you. believe that I, if I told you this story with no witnesses, you'd be like, bullshit. Because I had a giant cop that was a witness, he was just like, that was the funniest shit that I've ever seen in my life. And he's like, if you would have told that story, I wouldn't believe it, but I was there, I saw it, she did it. I love people, but I equally hate people sometimes right. because yeah. just, It's know. a common theme. It's a common theme that we're finding. Like, we love our clients, but like, most of us don't like people. people. No, That's wanna... the reason we work at bars, because we don't want to go out, so we, I get my going out when I go to work. So people ask yes. me, what do you do in your downtime? What bars do you vision? I'm like, really not too many because it's like, for me, it's work. Yeah, so one of the things I think that's worth mentioning is when we were about to meet you, you said, are we sitting outside? And I was like, oh, we could. And you're like, yeah, because I don't want to sit inside because it I'm feels always like work. I yeah. just, yeah, here and I'm I actually that. just out eating. What's the grossest thing that you've ever had to deal with in a bar? Uh, okay, a couple of gross things. I had somebody that I didn't get drunk, puke all over the bar at the very beginning of my shift. Oh, no. And then, as I was cleaning it up, watched him throw a projectile on the street while his friend had him by the back of his sweat jacket, and literally, he was like the exorcist into Broadway. <laughs> like, all over the bar. You Like, you didn't know it was coming. I literally jumped back because it was, like, splasherific because the bar was kind of, you know, how Jack's is in the corner. It was basically like that, just the opposite way. And just like right into that little corner. So here I am with the Broadway. You're talking about Rivington. Yeah, same dress, 3804 Broadway. I spent 13 years of my life in that building. Was it AM or PM shift? Like what time of day? Are we I was starting the night shift. So this person got drunk during the daytime. And at when I was working at Mary's, because it was still Mary's when this happened, my shift started at 7 p.m. So I swear it was like 7:15 when this happened. So at, at Sissy's, when you you opened at 8 a.m. What was, were there people coming through at 8 a.m.? Not, not like seas of people. It was oh. the old Irish guy, Jimmy, with the hump. Oh, God. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> if you, listen, if you went there, you had to have seen him before. He drinks Bud Bottles. He has his little Irish cap, and he just had a little bit of a bump on his back. He looks like he's 80, but he's only like 70. And Jimmy, when I would roll up at a quarter to eight, 
two friggin' sissies, he'd be standing in front of the bar with a coffee. And literally, I would open the door and he would be at my heels and sit himself down. <laughs> so every day, I would bring two newspapers, and you couldn't talk to Jimmy while he was having his coffee, nor was he drinking beer. He just came in to drink his coffee and read the paper. So when he finally wanted his beer, and I started to read the paper, then he was a fucking chatterbox, and I never got to read the paper that I want every day, because Jimmy monopolized it the first two hours of my day, and then he wouldn't let me read it, so I'd basically just stare at the words on the page, because he would just be yammering <laughs> while I was trying to read anything. So it was like, I guess I'm not reading the paper today. Yeah. Sorry, Jimmy. Yeah. I'm here now. So, yeah. yeah. Eight o'clock is really hard. Wow. I feel like the eight o'clock shifts are, you either get devout bar people, or you get, like, people who work the night shift. And yes. Maybe... Had that too. I had a couple guys that were EMTs that would call me after getting uh, off. yeah. Those are tough shifts. Like, those people, come, those yeah. people need They do, because yeah. they just worked all day, and I had a bunch of uh, millwrights that used to work in Con Ed, and they would, they would work crazy hours, too, and yeah. they would come, too. They'd bring their breakfast or whatever, because we didn't have food, and they would come there and drink like it was 6 o'clock at night. Yeah. Like, Which, for person. them, it was, right? Exactly. Because like, they were about to go to sleep. Exactly. But, yeah, yeah 8 o'clock in the morning was hard. Yeah. Was there a second grossest story, or... Um, well, there was another one, but nothing, nothing, nobody puked other than I was going to puke just, just watching the display. There was a bunch yeah. of boys that were on a, a golf outing and had a list of all these things for points that were after the, like a drinking game, yeah. like after the golf outing, yeah. and they yeah. came to the bar and asked for like ridiculous things. Like you get a hundred points if you do a shot of, hi, can I have a shot of Jägermeister with a blob of mayonnaise on it? Okay, here's your Jägermeister, here's your mayonnaise, now go the fuck over there yeah. and do that, because I'm not looking at yeah, this Yeah, because I don't want to see like, that. I don't, I don't want to throw right. it in my mouth, so right. if you want to go do that, go do it over yeah. there, because when your friend pukes, face him in that <laughs> direction, be because I, I think it might have been the same year I cleaned up the puke off the bar, I was like, yeah. just go, go over there and do it, because I'm not doing this again. Yeah. And another kid drank a Jersey Turnpike, if you're aware of what that is. A Jersey Turnpike shot? No, it's that. So, you know the nice bar mats? No. Nope. That are there? Nope. Like nope, nope, to catch nope. all the liquids yeah. that spill, yeah. Yeah. it's basically you take the bar mat, you tip it into a shot glass, and oh. that person drinks the contents. Oh, and no. I turned away for that. I poured it. Did they actually? Did you, what do you, how do you charge for that? I didn't charge for it. I <laughs> was Why asked would you to charge do it. anyone for that? You're paying for their funeral. Well, pretty much. I mean, I would charge them. You know, I didn't charge a for shot it, of a, a shot of. Whiskey, I was tipped hands. Well, <laughs> you just do all of them, right? <laughs> I, I couldn't charge for it. I could barely pour it in the glass, and I walked away when he actually did oh, the shot. Man. However, they did tip me handsomely because they okay. were wrecked and they were throwing money. Good. Away, so oh, it's well, like, fine, I'll get you your shot. Jer- that's what they call it, Jersey Turnpike. Because shot. it's like, like the Because he said, can you pour a Jer- Jersey Turnpike shot? I'm like, what's a Jersey Turnpike? And like in my mind, I'm wrapping my brain. Like, what could that possibly be? And then he told me, I was like, I'm sorry, what? He was like, excuse me, what? So he actively asked for it. So you take the mat, you pour it in the glass, and I was like, and I think I might have said, okay, your funeral, here yeah, you go. Yeah. Go over there, please don't throw up on the bar. That always that's the little yeah. caveat again. Please don't throw up on the bar. Yeah. Go do it out there. Oh, man. But yeah, that rough. was pretty gross. That's, yeah. Yep. The Jägermeister and the mayo was pretty gross. I did not apply the mayo to Jägermeister. I was just having a hard time enough with the legs. Was there a name for that one? No, it was just Jägermeister with a blob of mayo in it. The mayo meister? Maybe. It's gross, whatever it is. But it was like kind of curdling. Like immediately upon insertion, <laughs> like I just oh, I don't feel good. Oh, I don't want to do this. I was just like, just do it over there, please. Just do it over oh, there because I just all I kept thinking is somebody's gonna yak. That's gonna do it at the bar, so I need you to face that way. Just don't. I don't want to be cleaning that up. I'd rather it hit that way than the patrons that are sitting at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. So, Caroline, what is your dream bar to work at? Whether it's already in existence and you've always just really wanted to work there, or you would create your own bar. My dream bar to work in. 
It's never working. <laughs> to be retired. Oh, that's the um, first time. And the only dream bar that if I actually, you know, could run a bar would be like on an island somewhere because I hit lotto and just because I wanted to. Because yeah. I missed it. Not because I want to charge people. Not because I want to make money. Just because I want to sit there with shorts on in water and make people happy. Yeah. But what I want. I would, wouldn't want to do it every day. I'd have somebody do it. You'd be one of those bars that's open when you feel like oh kind of sorta. I would be that. I would be that chick. I would turn into that. But I feel like that'd be like a niche bar. Like, is Carol Ann gonna open today? Who knows? Let's go check it out. Niche or is it niche? Niche, niche, niche. I say niche. Niche, niche, niche. I said niche because I was from Queens and I probably learned it. Yeah. Well, in biology, it's niche. So, if you're French, I guess it's niche. I have a niche. I have niches and nephews. I don't think that's that means. No, <laughs> not the same. Sounds like. Hi, listeners. Remember in the beginning when I said something weird was going to happen with the audio as we got into the ghost story? Well, this is it. Take a listen. Wait, um, okay, so let's talk about ghost haunting bars. Are we just segueing? This is an hour long episode, isn't it? No, it'll be fine. I'm but, okay with an hour long right. episode. It's well, well, listen, but yeah. I, I'm curious. So, what what happens? With, what what's the what's the ghost that haunts you or haunts the bar? Well, I don't know if it is or it isn't, but uh, I want to say it's Brian's dad, Lumberhead Jacks. Because that's the only thing that makes sense. He was the previous owner. Brian is the owner. Okay, Jack was his father. Jack was his father, and hence Brian getting the bar was because of his father's passing, and all the boys inherited it. And I think that because he spent so much time there, and he loved that place. That that's what he knows because his home was over on 43rd Street and the bar was over here. And I believe if you have a soul and you're allowed to go back to those places, why wouldn't you go? Go back, yeah. Most familiar, and I'm sure he's checking it out and seeing all the stuff that Brian doesn't do. So what happened? Was Jack a drinker? Probably. I never met Jack. I'm after the fact. I think Jack is deceased now. Maybe eight years. I'm only there four and a half. How many was bar rescued? Seven, I think. But what's like the weird stuff that happened? That. That was the weird stuff that happens. All those bangs with no explanation as to why they're happening. Crazy, right? Well, I was there like two months ago. Kira had left because sometimes I take car service because I don't Uber. I take my next kind of car service that I started taking when I worked at Legends because when I would close Legends, I would run past the alley and sit in the base and wait for my car to take me home, even though it's only 15 blocks. Yeah. Young, fe- young females should not be walking 15 blocks with a pile of money in their pocket right, unless right, they right. want to get raped and murdered, so yeah, I took right. a taxi. Um, while I was waiting for my cab, I would hear, like, random noises, and, like, some, you know, it's machinery, and some is the ice, and then there was one that I heard walking. So then I stop, and I get up, and I look for where the footsteps are, and then, like, the back door, there's lights, and the, the lights were off in the yard, but it was still lights from the street. Okay. It looked like something walked past it. So then I said, okay, stop messing with me. I sit down, now I'm walking away, and it sounded like, again, like footsteps by the door. I go again, and there's a dark silhouette, so now I walk to the door to see if it's open. I open the door, I look to see if somebody's in the yard, I call out, hello, 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 nothing lock the door and this is very unnerving when it's uh, two o'clock in the morning yeah you're by yourself in the pitch black because i'm not i don't have any lights on in the bar so i'm just sitting it's basically ghost hunters with me with no equipment <laughs> just just sitting there like, yeah now i'm like really listening to stuff i'm like jack would you stop messing with me when i told jack to stop messing with me the lights underneath no. the bar turned on the red lights but there's also which, a shore which they also do 
right, but there's also but, a short there, but it was yeah. like, it was very uncanny how I said yeah. to knock it off and then the lights went yeah, on. I was like, sudden, it yeah. was almost as if, because the, the footsteps I heard were by the door, where the where the thing is that you can touch is like 10 paces yeah. from there. So if his ghost actually heard me, his ghost walked over and went beep and turned the lights on. It was just, it was yeah. not cool. I just, I couldn't get out of that bar fast enough and it just seemed my cab was taking forever that night. And there you go. Nowhere else in this entire recording does it sound like somebody is hitting the microphone like it did during this segment. I want to ask a follow-up question that I've been thinking about that is not on the list. Right? Dun, dun, dun. What is a buyback to you? When do you give buybacks? Who deserves buybacks? And who doesn't deserve buybacks? Um, okay. The history of the buyback. So when I started working in a bar 21 years ago, I worked in a bar that did had a happy hour that was 4 to 7. Monday through Friday, and did two for once. So if you had a Budweiser, you could get two of them for that same price. So what they would do is give you a shot. So you would have the one you bought and the one that was free. There were no buybacks during this happy hour time. Buybacks are usually the fourth drink free. There is no buyback set in stone. It is not a written rule to give somebody a buyback. So if you get that a-hole at the bar that's like, this is my fourth one. This is a buyback. No. no. That is the bartender's discretion. If said person who wants the buyback is a regular, who comes regularly, who is nice to you, who tips you nicely, I don't mean handsomely, but always does the right thing, doesn't cause a problem, doesn't ask for their buyback, they are the person that is entitled to that buyback. Or not, yeah. depending on uh, the bartender. what's going on yeah. and what your owner tells you. It is not a written rule. Exactly. What are some of your favorite bars to visit when you're not working? But it could be New York. It could be anywhere you've ever gone on vacation. It the world. Tavern on Rush in Chicago. It's an old bar. It's a horseshoe-shaped bar with very intricate glasses above it and lighting. And just all the ladies that work there are... Pretty, if you will, not that they pigeonhole, they're, they're every color, but most of them, they all look like models that work there, not that I'm chicks, not that you know, that's wrong or anything like that, but I did notice like how I dress at Jack's to how these ladies have to dress there are two totally, completely different animals, and you gotta be, you know, not, it wasn't slutty at all, it was just, you know, basic black, but very svelte, very together, not a hair out of place, you know, makeup done. But really good thin crust pizza. What about um, what about New York? Any bars that you would go to? Um, I like the nondescript, like old timey bars. Yep. And believe it or not, O'Hanlon's in Astoria is like my oh, favorite. Under and the it's literally Stop. it's three blocks from my old childhood home. Yeah. And it's like a beer and shot, you know, cash yeah. business, decent price, three dollar bugs and yeah, it's I'm telling you, probably could do some bookmaking on that bar too. I'm pretty sure. Longtime somewhere in the city. Uh, currently, yes. A long time ago, yes. What was the question? <laughs> Are we all bartenders? Where do you work at? Uh, we both work at Jack's Ale House. Jack's fine department over here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jack's fine. He doesn't know. Well, he doesn't. He, he works there. He doesn't know. Well, placards because they yeah. put out the wrong ones. But like, no, Jack's. Jess comes over here sometimes. Jess works on Saturdays. Jessica. Jessica's, Jessica's yeah. working Saturday, still she'll be there this Saturday. She's a good What's lady. Rona. Rona? Rona. 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 I'm John.
when I see Jess on the telegram, it says hi. No, we she is a bad bitch. We, t- we tied one on. I don't know if Kira told you. We all tied one on. Oh, yeah. A couple of Fridays ago, yeah. Because uh, Courtney and Jess came up with a bunch of their girls when yeah. the other girl and I were working. So right before it went to 4 o'clock in the morning, we were still closing at 12. Yeah. We were there until 4 a.m. And it was, it was about 14 girls doing shots, singing songs, dancing like assholes. This went on until It was wonderful. The, the two or three guys that were there got a show. That was Corona. Not, not Corona, but Corona. So what's your favorite drink to drink? Yeah. And how do you make it? Red wine. Get the bottle, you open it, you pour it in. <laughs> like a bag of red? No, no bags of red, only bottles. I'm, bottles. I'm kind of a snot like that, and I guess I will never drink the cake wine at Jack's. Just, just, I don't drink box of wine. I mean, if you didn't tell me, I probably wouldn't know because I'm not, I'm not a wine snot yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, if I didn't see it, you know, less, I guess if you don't see it, it won't hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> and I would never know, but like, you know, I like a nice, uh, nice Pinot Noir, a nice Merlot. Uh, winter months, I really love a well-made Irish coffee. And I used to get them at PJ Morgan's when PJ Morgan's was by the movie theater before it moved. Back in the day, you used to be able to cash your paychecks in bars. So you give your paycheck, uh, and that would entice yeah. the people to stay there and yeah. eat and drink and gamble or whatever back in the old That's bar days. So you could just sign your paycheck over to the bar, Correct. and they would give you the Correct. And they would cash you out. Do you know how many paychecks I cashed against the lotto and other things? It's always good to have liquid. And then they tip you out for cashing the checks. And we had the horse parlor upstairs, and they'd eat their dinner, then they'd buy their beers, buy their fringe drinks, and end up spending half a picture at the bar. So they, they never out. even made it to a bank. They just went a to the bar, them, gave you the... Especially if you were, like, um, for lack of a better term, off-the-boat Irish that wasn't yeah. exactly on the books, you could cash your money right there and not have to worry about a check cash in place or somebody take it on. Because right. we never took, we'd cash a check, but we'd never take a cut of it. So I guess we have to go to Jackson to get well, one. Yeah. Bar rule? Bar roll. All right, bar roll. All right, look, so we love as as waitresses, as waiters, as bartenders, when you help us clear the table and get the plates ready. But there's one thing that people do that drives us insane. Alex? And that's if you get a bucket of beers, or you have an empty pint glass, or you have empty shot glasses. Don't bundle up your straw wrappers napkins napkins do not put chicken wing bones <laughs> into glasses sanitary wipes sanitary <laughs> you know do not flush anything other than paper towels no don't even put paper towels in your drink please. no napkins nothing in the glass you can stack the glasses that's awesome but don't throw shit but don't throw shit in there. as carol ann says don't throw don't don't throw literal shit don't throw you that all the time all right, Fat Tony, if you're listening, stop throwing shit in here. Here's why. Look, it's really cool when you clean, but we have slop sinks and stuff. We don't want your wet napkins, your, your chicken wings in our slop sinks. It just sure, makes cleanup even worse. You're discarding vapes. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Too, like your chargers, you know, little... Oh. Side note, uh, slop sinks are the sinks behind the bar that bartenders wash the glasses in. Good side note. <laughs> So yeah, please just don't clog our sink. Exactly. Just make it up, like improv. Come on. I don't know how. It's too much. All right, all you mermaids and mermen. No. All right, all you cow people. No. All right. 
you ice-making machines. Alright. God, you really are bad at this. Alright, listeners. <laughs> there you go. Alright, listeners. Last call is over, and it's time for after hours. Make sure you visit Carol Ann at Jack's Fire Department in Sunnyside next time you're in town. Ask for some red wine. Maybe it won't be 90 degrees, <laughs> and it'll be drinkable. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed The Buyback, follow us on Twitter at The Buyback, on Instagram at The Buyback Podcast, or email us at thebuybackpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. And if you are a bartender or know a bartender who should be on the podcast, let us know. Please like and subscribe. And I think that if you write a review, it will actually help boost us as well. So anything you can do uh, to support us would be awesome. Tell your friends. Remember to be nice and tip your bartenders well, and we'll see you next time.